Hey guys, before we start the podcast this week, just wanted to say that this one's for Johnny. Uh, Mark Johnston, our former Wee King player, coach, scout, and a friend to all of us here, uh, had many ties across uh, hockey in all of Western Canada. He's going to be sorely missed. So this podcast, and I know the rest of the season with us uh, wearing uh, the, the decals on the helmets, it's going to be for Johnny. So enjoy this week's edition. Good week once again. Welcome to the Weekly Harvest Podcast. We talk all things Granite Week Kings and WHL. My name is Chris Falco, Director of Game Day Operations, Community Relations with the Week Kings. That's Rob Mann, radio voice of your Brandon Week Kings. Rob, how are you this week? Doing pretty well, doing pretty well. It's been nice to be back home again. After almost no time away. That's true, that's true. Yeah, we've had a long homestand going here. Things are, uh, but this week at least now the team is back in our building. Now yes. that Egg Days is over. So feels a little more like hockey outside of our doors here today. Also a lot quieter in the uh, in the building today, almost eerily <laughs> so. Like you poke your head out your door the last two, three days. And I was reading in the Brandon Sun, there was 37,000 plus people at Ag Days, which is incredible for a building even of this size. And then you poke your head out your door today and it's just silence. It's kind of nice though after the three days of madness like that at the same time. But yeah, lots of, lots of cleanup here as the Keystone has only uh, today basically to turn things around. Because tomorrow, of course, we welcome everybody back in for a uh, weekend doubleheader here at West Oval Place. We have got two big games here this weekend, Rob. We were talking in the last podcast that from here on out, it's all going to be people within the conference or the division. Yeah, and the, the way the schedule is split up, it's not really favorable or unfavorable in terms of quality of competition. I was looking at it, I was doing some digging, and there's 27 games to go going into this weekend. And 14 of them are against teams behind the Wheat Kings in the standings. 13 of them are against teams ahead of the Wheat Kings in the standings. Now, given that the Wheat Kings are right smack in the middle, they are the grocery stick for the Eastern Conference. There's five teams ahead of them and five teams behind. So that makes perfect sense. But even with that in mind, just the sheer parity in the league this year, the sheer parity of the split remaining in the schedule means there's a lot that still feels up in the air. And Marty Murray was saying to me this morning, there's no more freebie games anymore. We are going to be getting into a whole lot of talk about the games here this weekend. we got some special promos going to be running at uh, at both of them as well. Um, but off off the bat, Rob, I, I just want to talk about about this while we're while we're fresh here. Um, I, there has been no no shortage over the last you know past seventy episodes of uh, fishing every now and then. People know that I love fishing, but Something happened last month that shocked me. I got in the mail this package, and it arrived, and it was this mystery tackle box. And it's one of the coolest things that when I opened it up, and Rob, you can attest, I had a video of my reaction. 
I was amazed at what was inside and this cool little idea. I've never heard of this thing, but it's got me not just the mystery in the box, but how am I getting this? And then today, Rob, a second box just showed up. This is turning into a proper Encyclopedia Brown mystery here. Like, we have no idea where these are coming from, by the way. So if this is some crazy, uh, you know, uh, marketing ploy uh, by mysterytacklebox.com, then kudos to you, because yes, we are going to be talking about you right now. Uh, If this is somebody who knows me, um, I I would appreciate to know who, just so I could thank you. Uh, well, this is this but is would awesome. you though? Wouldn't you rather they kept trying to make you guess by sending you increasingly expensive fishing gear? <laughs> it's not a. It's just very cool. Anyway, last month I got this box and it was uh, designed around walleye. So it had a number of like uh, um, uh, rattlers. It had a couple of hooks. It had uh, this uh, um, specially designed. Uh, soft tail and this whole box though is in in compass where it tells you to use the lures uh, if you catch a fish using it measure it on the on the you know the thing that they give here and we got the video going so I'll kind of turn it around and show uh, but in, in this it's just this one came today and this one is all for basically for for perch or for panfish so everything is just scaled down and smaller and anyway I open it up and it's uh it's like a little gift that I just keep getting open but I, I thought it was one and done and the mystery was going to be, how do I find out who's, who sent me this? And then right before we're about to record the pod, Mike walks in and he goes, hey, you got something delivered. And I was looking at my screen and I went, I'm not expecting anything. And it was that feeling again of, wait, what? And I turn around and he's holding another one of these boxes. So anyway, uh, whoever it is, if if you are Secret listening to, to the pod, um, I just want to give a shout out. And for any of the fishermen who are listening, uh, Mystery Tackle Box. I, I don't know, this company, I went online, I checked it out. It's a pretty cool idea. So if you know a fisherman in your life and you want to do something cool for him, this is actually pretty neat. Uh, and and if, if this is them... Keep sending it. I'll keep talking about it because <laughs> we got to get I think more, that's super neat. We got to start branching out here when it comes to like, if this is going to result in people sending us random gifts, uh, and this one is well, a little sponsorship more, opportunities I mean, are abound. Absolutely. I mean, we'll talk about sponsors in exchange for free stuff. I have no morals that way. Uh-huh. Uh, on that note, I will point out uh, this this shaker that has been, I think, in every episode of the podcast is a Herx Nutrition shaker. From in Winnipeg, and I know Tyler Plant, who owns Supplement World, a competitor store here in Brandon, absolutely hates that. So, uh, Planter, balls in your court, bud. Yeah, Supplement King, and he's gonna love that you got that wrong too. Oh, so. that's right, because there was a Supplement World in Prince Albert where I was, and there's the Supplement King here. Oh boy, I'm I'm winning friends and influencing people right now. So, uh, all things hockey and 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 fishing. Uh, welcome to this week's uh, edition. It is a very cold week, no matter what you're doing. If you're outside playing uh, on the outdoor rink, if you're out on uh, out on the ice, um, you know, doing some ice fishing, like I was for one night. I was brave enough. I got out there. Mostly because I, that last box, it was sitting there. I was like, I, I got to go try this stuff. And I went out and I at least gave it a couple of hours. But uh, last night, we were out and about. And it was cold on a, on a whole new level. Uh, we're putting together a video right now. We had Matt Henry, Matteo Michaels, and Carter Klippenstein on the road in Surrey for the Minor Hockey Caravan. These are one of these uh, special community visits where when we get to do them, uh, it's those kids who don't get the interactions with the Wheat Kings all the time, but they're the hockey kids, right? They're the kids who were on the ice three, four, five days a week. And the absolute joy that they had having the guys out there with them last night, it just, you could feed off of it, but at, at the same time, vice versa. Like for our big, big kids to be out there with them, uh, they're having an absolute blast. 
Maybe a little bit cold, though. You describe them as being big kids, and I think they're never more big kids than they are when they're on the ice with the younger kids. That's when the big kid really comes out. But I will say some of our big kids are not from the prairies. Some of them have a little less experience dealing with the uh, the biting cold that you and I have sort of baked into our DNA right now. But uh, Mateo Michaels of Texas origin was not quite prepared. And I haven't been to Sewers' arena since I was playing in a Bantam tournament there when I was like 13, 14 years old. I remember how cold that barn can be. Mateo Michaels, I think, is going to remember it for a long time. There are a couple of videos that we're going to be sharing on the on the social channels of this visit. Uh, I put the, the 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 mic up, the, the the lapel mic, on both Matt Henry and on Mateo. So we got some really good stuff uh, with Hank and the kids. And there's this whole just I this can probably be its own video, this own side video of just Mateo versus the cold, uh, Mateo versus prairie hockey. So uh, yeah, that was probably it wasn't probably it was he he said it was the coldest he's ever been. Uh, playing hockey but still on the way back it was really fun everybody was all smiles and it was all good so uh, we had a whole lot of fun there it's been a busy week because the guys were out of JNG Homes Arena Rob uh, we did that video showing kind of the walkthrough and, and everything that had to move over there kind of for the week with the guys but now that we get back here uh, and it's all hands on deck for a big two game series this weekend we have got on the ice Lethbridge in town for tomorrow's game and then Med Hat on Sunday and then to do with the games, a couple of big promos as well we want to talk about right now, which is uh, we have got the Salute to 4-H with Ann's Brothers happening tomorrow. It's also the co-op poster night. And I don't know about you, but when I was a kid and I loved going to the games, those games that you had those extra special giveaways that, man, you get to decorate your bedroom walls, it was a little more special. Absolutely. For years after getting a Manitoba Moose poster at one of their giveaways in like the late 2000s, I had a Manitoba Moose poster with like Corey Schneider on it in my bedroom sitting there for years and years and years. I think it got uh, moved around after some redecorating, but yeah, I still have it. And it is a staple of kids' bedrooms when they're sports fans that they get these posters or whatever the case may be, and they end up mounting them on the wall for, for in my case, over a decade. So it's definitely something you're not going to want to miss. And, you know, it's nice to pack the barn as well in general when you've got a team coming in like Lethbridge that the Wheat Kings are directly competing with in the standings. We're talking about only four points right now. Lethbridge is behind. And as we record this on Friday, though, Lethbridge is in Regina tonight. So it could be down to two. It could be down to two points, depending on how things go here. But it's going to be a very big game on the ice tomorrow. Fun for everybody off the ice. Uh, then on Sunday, it is another big game with Med Hat in town. Uh, a couple of real talented uh, players on Med Hat. We can talk about one quick second. But just a heads up for anybody who's coming to that game, if you got the kids, it is Skate with Willie after that game. So you're going to want to bring your skates, bring your helmet. We're going to have the skate check-in like we've done for the last number of seasons for this. So you don't have to clunk it around with your seat, you know, by your feet and worry about all that. No, right when you walk in up at the at the Pioneer Lounge, right beside the Wheat King office, there's going to be a check-in area. So you can go in, do a free check-in, check your skates, your helmet, whatever you need there. And then after the game, you can go grab it, head back in, put them on, and we got a 30-minute skate with Willie. It's going to be a whole lot of fun, but on the ice, Med Hat. A couple of players there that uh, fans are, are starting to come out and watch. Not quite with the Bedard effect for Gavin just yet, but it's starting to get there. Yeah, Gavin McKenna, who is oddly enough Connor Bedard's cousin, is barely 16 years old. Like, he's a lot like Jackson Jacobson in that he's a, a December birthday. And I remember his debut actually in the Western Hockey League was very similar to Jackson's because he came in at 14 years old, had four assists in a game against the Lethbridge Hurricanes. And I remember thinking to myself, Nobody's talking about this kid. 
Connor Bedard is in the league at this point, so the Bedard hype is in full swing, deservedly so. He went first overall. He's doing very well in his first NHL season prior to injury. But Gavin McKenna is a guy that I think there's an anticipation that after Bedard, okay, it's going to be a while before the WHL produces another prospect like that. Put a pin in that, because there is a chance that Gavin McKenna does break the 100-point mark this season for the Medicine Hat Tigers. And the Tigers' offense generally is loaded to the rafters. They are going to be missing a couple of guys, possibly against the Wheat Kings. If the weekly report is to be believed, they're still waiting on whether uh, Caden Lindstrom is going to be able to go or Andrew Basha. And if you're the Wheat Kings, you're thinking, we need we need all the help we can get at this point. I mean, we're never going to turn down an opportunity to face an opponent that's missing some of their top scorers because every point in the standings matters, and it doesn't necessarily matter that you beat a team at full strength to get it this time of year. So if the Tigers are going to be down a couple bodies, that's going to mean Gavin McKenna is going to be even more in the spotlight. And we've said it with Connor Bedard. We've said it with Nate Danielson and other Wheat Kings players. Come watch them now, because in a couple years, if you want to pay to watch these guys play, it's going to be a lot more, and you're going to be in Winnipeg or Edmonton to do it. Also coming up this weekend, uh, it's possible that we do see the Wheat King debut of Nick Johnson. Now, uh, we have got a couple of special guests here on this week's podcast as we talk to both of our new guys. we got both Nick and Rhett going to be uh, uh, joining us here on this week's edition. Uh, now, we saw Rhett get into his first game uh, already. Nick's still battling a bit of an injury, but as we heard on the interview here uh, and we saw firsthand uh, in practice, he's looking and feeling pretty good. He looks ready to go, and he's a good size kid. Like I think we Kings fans are going to really like this guy because there's nothing really missing from his game as a forward. You don't look at him and think, oh, I wish this, I wish that. The speed is there. He ha- There has to be to play in the Portland Winterhawks. I think they must have some sort of like litmus test for speed before you can even don that jersey. He's a fast player. He's got a good set of hands. We saw that in practice the other day, up close and personal. And he's about 6'1", probably about 195, and does play a bit of that power forward style. So I think he's going to be a great addition to the Wheat Kings lineup. And by putting him in, you do juggle the lines a little bit. But what ends up happening is it allows you to keep that fourth line that was so good against Prince Albert together and really roll through four lines, which remains one of the Wheat Kings' biggest strengths. And I can actually now back that up statistically because I was digging through the goal scorers this year for every team in the Western Hockey League and every game they've had where they've scored a ton of goals. The Wheat Kings have 10 games this year where they've had five different goal scorers. And there's, I think, three teams in the league that have had more. Uh, four teams, pardon me. The, uh, the Portland Winterhawks were, uh, were on there as well. So you've got an elite group of depth players with the Wheat Kings who can score on any given night. Johnson just adds to that. Coming up right now, let's get into it and hear from these guys firsthand because it was quite the whirlwind for them to get here and excited for you to hear the story. So first up, welcome in the studio, Nick Johnson. And joining now here in the Week King studio, guest number one this week, we got Nick Johnson. Nick, how are you? Good, how are you guys? We're doing really good. Thanks for joining us here. Oh yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. So first of all, the trip to Brandon. We we, we got to dive right into this because we got to, we're, we're going to go back, we're going to find out more about you, but... You had a big trip just to get here after the trade was announced. How was it getting from Portland here to the Weed City? It was, uh, yeah, it was a long stretch. Like that first day was, uh, it was long. Everything happened so quickly. It was just kind of, you know, found out the news and then uh, basically went back home and quickly got, you know, everything sorted with the billets and everything. And uh, actually on the drive down, uh, I didn't, I didn't have winter tires on my car. So I had to like, it was like three or four o'clock and I had to like call every car dealership or tires so i can get winter tires on so i actually got that done which is nice and then uh 
No, we left at we left at like six o'clock in the morning, and then hoping to get to Tabor to where we met my dad, and then that that drive to Tabor took us nineteen hours. Oh my goodness! Yeah. And people in Brandon know what the weather is like out here right now, but for those who may not know, Portland kind of found themselves in the eye of a storm too, and it sounds like you got caught kind of in the middle of it right as you were getting ready to leave Portland too. It was, yeah, so Portland itself wasn't bad, but I, but the storm, we met the storm kind of halfway between Portland and Tabor, so that storm like hit did hit Portland. But yeah, we it was a, supposed to be like a two-hour stretch of the trip, and it took us like it took us like five over five hours to to actually make that. So that was that was yeah, that was a stressful drive for sure. Well, and while the trade is happening, we're looking at the forecast at least, and we're going, oh look at these guys. At least they're prairie guys because we finally got the whole cold snap. And I mean, for you guys to come here, not not to rub this in, but we had a pretty good winter so far. Things were pretty nice. All of a sudden, we get this cold snap, and we're like, ah, at least they're kind of used to it. But I guess you guys had to get through that. But so after you got through that, how was the rest of the prairie drive? It was, it was, well, I mean, driving through the prairies, not really much to, <laughs> much to look That's at. That's the answer. Yeah. We know. That's it. We know. But, yeah. uh, no, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward drive from here to Med Hat. So, I mean, and you guys rolled up in time for that game. All of a sudden, you can hear this little buzz. I got a couple of texts of, who are the new guys in the suits? Is that our new guys? Because you guys just kind of showed up at the game there. And, uh, of course, that was, I guess, you know, your kind of introduction. You guys got here before the game or when the game was already on? We, I think we got here in the, it was like just as the first period started. So we, I don't, I don't yeah, we just, we quickly dropped off all our stuff at the billets, kind of said hi. And then, you know, we, we just had, we had to get to the rank rate as possible, like as quick as possible so we can like all get sorted out here too. And then, yeah, we got here like the first period and then, yeah, we just kind of, and that was it. And then we saw the guys after and kind of settled in here. Friday's the game day. Saturday, weirdly, is a day off, which actually might have been really, really helpful. Was there kind of a relief when you realized, oh, we don't have to go from one game immediately to another? It was it was nice for sure. I mean, like, for especially for me, too. Like, it was kind of nice having, like, you know, to have that extra practice day for me. And I know I didn't play in the game Sunday, but it was... It was good for me even just to get like all situated in like my billet house too, right? Like I didn't if I if there was a game Saturday, I probably wouldn't have had that time to do that too. So it was good. All right, Nick. So for our fans to get to know you, tell us uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Calgary. Yeah, my entire life. I didn't really didn't really travel much anywhere. No, just stayed there and uh, grew up just uh, playing Springbank, just a little community in uh, Calgary, and then I moved to the Edge Academy in the CSSHL for my bantam to midget and then yeah and then i got drafted to the winterhawks and then been there for the past two and a half yeah so that's been good yeah but haven't really moved anywhere you said edge academy and that might have touched a bell for some of our more alert fans who might remember that carter klippenstein was there last year and the year before charlie ellick would have been a teammate of yours and it sounds like you guys have a lot more experience together than just that year at edge academy no yeah me and me and chuck we go we go way back for sure no he's a he's always been a good buddy of mine so it was nice to hear the news like just to like go to a team that like i actually knew someone on like and it it, it felt for me it felt easier to you know like settle in here and it felt good just to have someone i know was that like the very first guy that you reached out to after you heard the news no yeah right away text him right away yeah yeah that's that awesome. Uh, what is like your first experience of the Wheat Kings? Like, what was like your first time you were ever being being around here? Like when I got here? That, y- yeah, no, like 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 before, like you know, coming up through hockey. Like, was there any inkling like about the Wheat Kings along the way until you got into the dub, and then 
you kind of realize age of like one of the other teams or was there anything else along the way that no so i grew i grew up in calgary right so i'd always go to the i'd always go to the hitman games and yeah, for whatever yeah. for whatever reason you know like i like i'm not just saying this but like actually the Wheat kings like stuck out to me like you know like going into like that draft and everything like it was always like oh i know you know this team this team this team but like i I'm, i haven't even heard of some teams like like portland too like i didn't really know their whole organization mm -hmm. but i knew the Wheat kings and so I, I i've seen them all growing up so it was cool like there actually um, were some pretty classic Calgary uh, Brandon series back in the day. Yeah, you would have been right around the time. You might have been just a little too young for the 2010 series the that Cup, kind of but... preceded the Mem Cup, but they keep meeting in the playoffs, weirdly, so you mm. probably would have seen some good ones. 2015, oh, yeah. 2016, yeah. There were a lot of good ones in there. Anyway, uh, that's very cool. So now that you're here, and uh, we kind of saw you at practice today, and... You were looking real good out there. I know that you were kind of on the mend. Uh, not going to put any pressure on you. We're going to announce when you're going to get to play, but it appeared as if you were playing without any restrictions. No, yeah, I was. Must have felt good. No, yeah, that felt. That practice today was kind of the first practice in you know a long. <laughs> it's been it's been a while, so you know where I actually like felt good, like no pain, no none of that. So, and it's been it's been a long it's been a long couple over a month now. So. But it felt, it felt good. I felt like myself out there today too. So yeah, it felt easy and good. Weed Kings fans are going to get to know you on the ice, but to give them a little bit of a preview of what they can expect, I had Marty Murray describe you to me as a bit of a power forward type. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I'd say so. I like, I mean, I like to try to take all the pucks in that too. But I, uh, you know, I, I like, I like setting up the plays too. Like I'm more of a, you know, I I, I look for guys like on on the ice and I'd say I'm like a, I'd say like I'm. 200 foot player too like I'm always I'm always responsible in the D zone too like I make sure the puck gets out so yeah yeah that's kind of it's kind of how I play I like when we go and uh you know, like we make the videos to you know make the highlights for the guys and made that video highlighting uh, both you and Rhett and when we go on to that site and it kind of shows like the player stats the player map and the technology for the dub it's not always completely accurate but it kind of gives us a better, you know, showing as well behind the scenes of like what kind of player this guy is. And yeah, a lot of your clips, it was like that high hockey, high hockey IQ where you're trying to look for the play, look in the right spot. Um, I think that's going to fit in very well with, with with the current structure. Now, talk about the guys that they put you on the line with here today to at least in practice to get to to, to get used to because we saw you wearing the gold jersey and that was with Orzma uh, and Peter, right? Mm -hmm. Which couple talented guys there for your first practice to be feeling good with i'm sure no yeah i was it was a i was kind of surprised but um no they're like actually i, I kind of i grew up playing against Rorsma a couple times too so i kind of know the type of player he is but uh peter's from czech right yeah so yeah no I, they're they like even in the games this that i watched this weekend they, they're they're high they're really talented and really good really good playmakers it looks like so you know, I was, I feel like I can get them the puck and they can give it back to me. So I feel like, you know, that's going to be a good, uh, it's going to be good. Um, I think it'll work out. The chemistry will be good. So I hope, uh, you know, I hope everything's the best, but it felt good today with them for sure. Any so, other connections in the dressing room that you kind of forgot about or figured out after besides like you just mentioned, like, like Roars, you used to play against him too back in the day? I played against him a couple times. Like I, I know, I know of him, okay. but other than that, no, it was just, just Chuck. Clippin Clippenstein, it was kind of a year a year after sort of thing. So I never really crossed yeah. paths with him, but no, it was just mostly just Chuck. A lot of Alberta connections in that dressing room right now. And actually that kind of brings us to a run of Alberta opponents for the Wheat Kings. Am I correct in saying if you go to uh, to play at the Saddle Dome 
and this, of course the Wheat Kings are going to be playing against the Hitmen there next week. That's going to be your first time there in the WHL. Second, the Port- second. Okay, Portland was we did our East swing. Okay, so you guys have already Alberta been through. Swing. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. I wondered about that because I know last year the Winterhawks came through the East Division going through like mm-hmm. Prince Albert and Brandon and Winnipeg and so forth. I didn't know if you guys had been to uh, to Calgary yet, but you got to go back, I guess. Oh, no, yeah. It was, that was one of the things that like like my family was talking about with me is like, no, you're, you're, you're closer. You are closer to home, even though it's kind of the furthest team East too, but you are like, I'm closer to home, so I'm going to play those teams more often too. So it's... I, I it's I think I think like, it's a really good spot for me. So. And the way the schedule shook out, we actually have two games left against the Hitmen in the Saddle Home too. So that's kind of a nice little 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 tidbit there. It seems like the other Alberta trips have all happened on mass already, but we still have two games at the Saddle Home to go. Nice for the Calgary guys, at least. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody else has a long trip out. Yeah. All right. So you've been around the league for a couple of years. What is your favorite barn to play in? Maybe home aside. Or maybe not. Odds, uh, my very first game when I was 16 was in the Kelowna rink, the Rockets rink. So, for whatever reason, I every every time I play there, I've actually I've I've played pretty well. So I'd say that's for sure, like my favorite rink to play in. Nice. I was gonna say I recalled a two goal game against the Rockets earlier this year, yeah. if memory serves. So that was uh, that's that's very true. We've had a couple guys tell us that there's certain rinks that they feel like they play well in, mm-hmm. and it seems like guys are really in tune to that. Like they tend to be right. More often than not, the stats bear it out. Now, not to throw a rink under the bus, but what's one rink that you just, uh, I don't want to go in there? Ooh. Either because it's hard to play against or just not a fan of the setup or... Well, I think, I mean, going all the way up to PG, that's not, that road trip's not fun at all. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it sucks. And it's just it's cold, right? Like, I don't know. I, I think last year when we went up there, and for playoffs, my 16 year because we played them in the first round, that was it's just a long drive and just yeah I was not a big fan of it. Yeah, but that would mean though that because you've had the road trips both through the Central Division and the East, you've now played in I think every rink in the Western Hockey League. Yep, every rink. Yeah, you've ticked them all off the box. A couple of years ago, with COVID rampaging through everything, that would have been like an, an unattainable milestone. Mm-hmm just because of the way things were shaking out. But uh, when you go through the road trips with looking ahead to the Wheat King schedule, is there one, and I suspect I know the answer, but is there one that really leaps out at you as one you're uh, looking forward to? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I'm always looking forward to be playing in back in my hometown and everything. And I think it's – and honestly, I didn't – when we when Portland went through their list here, I didn't – I was, I was, I kind of had a little thing, so I didn't really play, you know, my absolute best, I don't think. So it's actually really nice to, like, you know, when I was looking at the schedule here, I was like, oh, I get a, I kind of get a revenge game back there with all my friends and family there. So I, I really think it's, it, that's probably like my favorite. Is it kind of neat after playing the first couple of years of your dub career in the U.S. division where there is only that little bit of crossover and now you're here where, these these teams you only got to see once basically now you're gonna get to see them a whole bunch it's no i like I, it must be like oh like like it's just not only a fresh slate for the team but if you went to a bc team you're still playing the same guys pretty much all mm-hmm. the time now it's it must feel like a complete reset it's it is no for sure like it's uh you know when you when you play the team so many times right like you gotta you know you know you know you know what each player does like you know their tendencies you know what they're good at you know how you can get around or something like that but I think for me and like and Rhett, like it's, you know, it's new territory. But I mean, like I I like that. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm always up for a challenge. So, and I'm I'm really excited. I've just got one more question for you, Nick, because Falco kind of tripped something in my mind there when he talked about the American teams. 
We've talked a lot this year, because we had our U.S. road trip already, about the fans in the United States and about the way they approach the game. Is that something that as a player you notice when you go to like Kent or on the Tri-City, for example? I think, I I, I it, it kind of depends where you're going, because Portland and Seattle, like that's a massive rivalry. And playing in that rink is, it's it's legit there. Their fans are crazy. They're loud. So that that honestly, that'd probably be another another rink that I I love playing in because they're always screaming at you. And there's been a couple of fights in the stands. Like it's been it's crazy there. <laughs> but, Two dollar uh, beer night will do that to yeah. you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like sometimes like being in the states, like they don't really know what they're watching sometimes too, right? You know, it's not really a main sport there too. But then but then you also have like games where it's you know. It's good. So I, it's it's a bit of both, to be honest with you. Uh, when we were in the championship series versus Seattle back in 2016, the uh, the team we played there, uh, we, we had home ice. We had the first couple games here, and the next set of games were there. So it was the midweek game. It was the Tuesday game. They still did the two-for-Tuesday ticket deal and the beer. Anyway, the place was packed. And uh, even though they were playing us, the Wheat Kings, they still did the Portland Sucks chant. Because they? They, they, <laughs> they guess they do that like every game for the playoffs yeah. or whatever. And then the last one, they, they changed it to Wheat Kings. But uh, anyway, for us as an outsider to go into that, that was our first time not mm. the players but like the behind the scenes guys mm-hmm. that we saw that for the u.s and we're like man this this was pretty cool mm-hmm. so that arena would be pretty awesome to to, to 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 play in but yeah i haven't i haven't been in a, i haven't been in a rink like that not no. in any other no, it's the no, atmosphere no. though then at that point oh yeah it's it's crazy though. which you can find to a degree here but you welcome to a hockey market, right? So that's kind of what you guys are getting back into. Back a lot of the Prairie teams, right? I mean, so yeah, it's the people who appreciate the good hockey teams, right? They, we King fans are the ones who appreciate the hardworking team. They're going to actually sit there and watch you play. Uh, they like having the fun too, but they want to see a good product and they and they and they and they want to win. And when we get that, we get the big crowds. We can get a lot of energy in here. Mm-hmm. And really hopeful that that you guys get to experience that as we make this playoff push. No, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to seeing how that push shakes out. But uh, any last questions for him to get out here? We told Mary Keen for 15, and now we're at 16. So ah, we've gone over time again. We have a unfortunate. And we have Rhett waiting in the wing. We got to get to Red as well. Of course, we this do. is a double episode, uh, double guest on the episode here this week as we get both of our new guys on. But uh, Nick, thank you so much for doing this no, with thanks, us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Welcome. It. And now back here again, live in the Wheat King studio with guest number two this week on the Weekly Harvest Podcast. Say hello to the other brand new, newest Wheat King. It is Rhett Ravendall. Rhett, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. And uh, welcome to Brandon. Welcome to the Wheat City, the Wheat Kings. Your name is one that is a PA guy. I, I already told you this off the pod, but I, I'm excited because you can really give it some sauce there with the last name. Yeah, I've been told that a lot. Like our announcer in uh, Portland, he loved it. Like he loved announcing my name. I don't know. I, I mean, growing up, I heard it like it's ev- the, no one got it right. It's the three syllable. It's the... Ravendall. It's yeah. you know, you can really give it that ebb and flow. It's gonna be awesome. Anyway, uh welcome. We were just talking uh with, with Nick and uh you know, seems like you guys are uh excited to be here and you guys had quite the trip though to get here. First of all, we want to get your take on it because we heard about some of the some of the ordeal. But just o- overall, what, what kind of a whirlwind was that like to get the news, to pack up, you're in Portland, Oregon, and you got now have to get to Brandon, Manitoba. I mean, I don't think the shock went away until we were about halfway here. Like, I got the news and I was just like, I was in another world for, I think, a day. Like, I didn't even know what was going on. I was on the road on the way to Brandon. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to Brandon right now. Like, this is crazy. Like, this 
just such a quick turnaround. I mean, like get the news, you go home, you pack, you say bye to your billets that you've known for however long and it's just over in about six hours. And it was, it was just crazy. And that's just the whirlwind of travel. Cause when you get here, there's another one that unfolds. So we're recording this on the Wednesday and you guys would have arrived on the Friday you were mentioning just in time to make the game. Does it feel like you've started to get your bearings yet? I mean, yeah, like, uh, I mean, that first day was kind of just hectic. Like we got in on Friday, just in time for the game, um, put our stuff in our billets and kind of just said hi. And we ran to the rink just to catch the, catch the game, got there just in time for the first period. And I mean, we settled in right away, um, that, that day off on Saturday, I mean, really got, let us, uh, get our boots down here and really sell it in with the team. How many hands do you think you've shaken in the past 72 hours or so or names you've had thrown at you? Way too many to count. <laughs> I mean, right now I'd say I'm still catching on on names and faces. Like it's just if I see you and I don't like recognize you, just keep on going because like, I, I can't remember everyone's <laughs> name. I'm so bad with it. Oh, and, oh. and there's a whole community here. So don't worry about it. You're going to be forgiven for 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 at least a little while. Uh, <laughs> I still don't know his. Name. Yeah, I was just gonna. You threw him under the bus. I was gonna do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, when you got here after the game, what was that like? Because that was your first time, I guess, meet, meeting all the guys. You could show up. The game's already on. Uh, we didn't ask Nick this, but you guys, I'm sure, went into the dressing room after that game. But what was that experience like? Being being the new guys, just standing there saying hi to everybody. I mean, it was just a weird feeling. Like, I mean. When did we play Brandon? I guess a while ago. We were enemies, like up until now. For one night. Yeah, for one <laughs> night, I guess. But thankfully, if we ever one met, night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, that one night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But like, yeah, we're we're enemies up until that time, and then you get to the, you get to the rink, and you're like, you're my new best friends. I'm gonna see you every day for the next however many months until the season's over. So yeah, yeah. It's a it's a great feeling. I mean. That's cool. All, all the guys in the room are great, and you just know like you're going to be great friends going forward. And connections help. Like We talked with Nick a little bit about knowing Charlie Ellick, but before we get into any that you might have with the current group of Wheat Kings, when you've got to move to a brand new environment and travel 2,400 kilometers to do it, how much does it help to have somebody that you're familiar with to come with you? I mean, yeah, when I when I found out Nick was coming with me, like it just put a smile on my face. Like It was just uh, me and Nick were really close uh, in Portland, and when I found out he was coming with me, it was just a great feeling. I mean, I knew it was going to be a hundred times easier having him with me, someone to always talk to in case like anything goes bad. Like I know I have someone close to right off the bat. That 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 is awesome that you guys were actually close there, not just teammates there, but you guys were friends before. So, are there any other connections though on the team that you you may weren't even like close friends with, but you just you, you encountered as you came up through minor hockey? Yeah, there's a few guys. I mean, Quinn Manti, we played together spring hockey growing up. We played on the Brick Invitational Team Saskatchewan what, team. What town you grew up in again? Birch Hills. Birch Hills. Be about an hour from Prince Albert, maybe forty five minutes. Yeah, about. Yeah, 30 minutes, I think. Oh, okay, so I was a little area. off there, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, but go on. Okay. Yeah, so Quinn Manti and me, we played uh, spring hockey growing up, that brick tournament. Um, okay. I remember playing with him. And then Jaden Weens, he's a bit older than me, but I remember playing against him in certain times, and I remember he was a really good player growing up. And uh, another one is Matthew Henry. He's from PA. Uh, for us, I, I was a Northeast kid in 
uh, for hockey growing up, and he was a PA kid, and there's kind of like a rivalry, rivalry there. So, like, growing up against him, playing him, it was always tough. It was always a guy you just hated to you play against. Say. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. You don't say. Has that come up yet? Have you uh, brought that up to him? Not yet, not yet, but I'm sure it's going to – he knows, he remembers. He, <laughs> it, he will be the one to bring it up knowing Hank. He, that'll be the first thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the Northeast was always a little bit better than PA growing up, so I guess I have the upper hand there. But, uh, yeah, for sure, it was always great. And I've got a running theory regarding hockey in Saskatchewan that if you're playing AAA in Sask or AA or whatever the case may be, that style of hockey is just tougher. Like that province just seems to have an emphasis on body checking. I don't know if it's the especially climate. northern Saskatchewan. Yes, northern Sask, like PA, Tisdale, that kind of area. It seems like teams from that neck of the woods always like to lean on the physical game. Did you find that when you started to travel that you guys were hitting a lot more than other teams were? I did. Like when it first came up, it was probably uh, spring hockey when I was just going into Bantam and. Our team were like the Regina Junior Pats, I think. And we were just so much more physical than everyone else in tournaments. Like it was like we we're going to play Cal like a Calgary team. We we're just like, let's just crush them. And they hated it. And we loved like everyone loved it on the team. I it was awesome just to get into hitting and know we we're like bigger and we just loved it compared to the other teams. Well, prairie hockey. I don't know what it is, but prairie hockey. Well, and that's why I think We King Country is really going to like these these two acquisitions. Uh, when we were talking to Nick, I, I brought up the fact that the highlight video that I made, and we put it together, both you guys, um, you know, his had a lot of the goals on the highlight video. You did have a goal on the highlight video, but that's not where your strength is. On the video, it was the shot blocking also, which Nick did, but you got you with the shot blocking and a couple of those hits, throwing it in there. Is it safe to say that that is your style, that it is more of the more of the physical presence with the shutdown defense? Yeah, for sure. I'm not going to be that flashy guy going between the legs and roofing it. Uh, you're not going to see that from me very often, but uh, yeah, for sure. I'm going to be that heavy guy, uh, hard to play against. Like you're, If you're going in the corner against me, you're not going to want to. Uh, that's my style of hockey, so uh, that's what I'm going to bring to the table. And I think Weed Kings fans got a little taste of that, and so did the Prince Albert Raiders when you made your debut on Sunday afternoon. When you threw that first big hit, I remember there was one on Grady Martin kind of uh, down to my left in the broadcast booth, and when you sit him down, when you slam him into the glass, do you start to feel more comfortable once you realize, hey, I'm in a new uniform, but I'm still playing my game? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember that hit perfectly. I think it was my second or third shift, and I threw that hit, and right then I kind of just settled down. I was like, this is my hockey. Like, this is awesome. Uh, I'm finally here. I'm in a new jersey, and I'm just going to keep playing my game. Well, you were really focused into that game because at one point early, your first or second shift, we got you on camera, and on the PA, I welcomed our newest Wee King, and we panned to you, and I, I, you were so fit in the game. I don't think you paid any attention to that. And I think the hit came out. Like, it was like the, the shift after that. Uh, anyway, what was that like putting on the new jersey for the first time? It, it was because weird... Portland does have sick jerseys. There are yeah. a couple of really nice uniforms. I, I, I like Seattle's as well in the dub, but there's something about the Wee King crest that I know I'm biased. I know, but I think they're the nicest ones. But what was that like just putting on the new jersey, but that one in particular? It was a great feeling, actually. Like, I, uh, it was just, I, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I put it on and it just felt amazing. Like, I looked down at the gold and there's like kind of sparkles on it. And I was like, are these sparkles going to get on me while I'm playing? And I was like, uh, yeah, I, I thought I was going to be all sparkly, but no, Nothing it was sparkly about your game. It's just keeping it simple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, it was an awesome feeling. I loved it. 
And it was nice to see you get engaged physically more than once in that game. There was towards the end there, things getting a little frisky, and let's face it, I called Raiders games for two years. I know that happens when teams play Prince Albert. There's a lot of physical edge there. Were you surprised at all to find yourself fighting in your first game in front of new fans? I mean, yeah, I kind of was. I I mean, I wasn't really expecting it, but I thought, hey, like, I'm not really liking this guy right now, so I might as well go. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, it's my second fight against PA now, so not really. I don't really like it there. I've got to ask, who was the first one? Do you remember? Uh, Kubiesa. So you fought, you've now fought both their import players. Yeah, I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird thing to tick off on the bingo card, but I'm kind of impressed. Yeah. Yeah, no, go. it's kind of weird, but. That's awesome. And obviously, you're super proud. I'm just noticing your shirt here, Sask made, but it's got the weed on it. So, yeah, it does. Yeah, it fits right in. It's a perfect combination. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. We, go. we won't hold the Sask part against you, I promise. It's not football season, so we don't need to bring up the Bombers Rough Riders oh, rivalry. Oh, God. We can. <laughs> for sure, we can. With that reaction, we can. <laughs> we can. I, I was on the other side of that because when I first moved to Sask, it was at the point oh, in time where the Bombers were still in the midst of that 30 year Grey Cup drought. Yeah. So, I heard about it. But by the time I left, I wasn't hearing about it quite so much. Yeah, thankfully that's over. Yeah, thankfully, thankfully. Oh All right, well, uh, Rhett, thank you so much for taking the time. We uh, we told you guys to keep you guys for a few minutes today, and I know it's been a whirlwind. And I mean, we're so we're recording this on the Wednesday, and we're here in the Week King Studio. So you guys are practicing over at J and G Homes Arena. We got workouts at different gyms over the city, and then you had to sort you know sort through the Egg Days crowd to get here uh, quickly. Have you ever been to a facility like this where you know it's the hockey facility? But I don't know if you saw. Every room in this entire building has egg equipment in it right now. I mean, that was one of the first things I noticed. Like, I was walking on the first day. I think I walked over to our gym. I noticed there's just a big area kind of if you go straight. And I went and looked, and there's just egg equipment everywhere. I'm like, back in the prairies now, I guess. Like, (laughs) never going to see that one in Portland. Normally, that is a popular sewer ball spot for the guys. Be a little tricky right about now, but uh, give it another couple days and you'll be there again, I'm sure. It's going to be an incredibly quick turnaround, as this place uh, always does. But yeah, thank you for getting through the massive crowd of Egg Days Wednesday at 4 o'clock, which is unbelievable for you guys to get over here to do this. But but thank, and Nick still can hear me too. Thank thank both of you guys for doing that and getting here today. Yeah, thank you guys. That was awesome. Appreciate it. Our thanks again to Nick and Rhett for stopping by here on the Weekly Harvest Podcast. Uh, really excited for Nick to get his Weeking debut. Absolutely. And I know Rhett Ravendall had a great time in his. I think he made a good first impression in his. I think Nick Johnson will have an opportunity to do the same. And much like Rhett, he's coming in against a team that is behind the Wheat Kings in the standings, but trying to close that gap. There's a bit of a rivalry there. And the Wheat Kings haven't actually seen the Hurricanes in quite some time. So I'm expecting a really intense game. I mean, Marty Murray said he expects a playoff-style game that night, and I think that's the kind of game that a power forward like Nick Johnson could thrive in. This edition of the Weekly Harvest Podcast brought to you by mysterytacklebox.com or or, or whoever uh, gave me mysterytacklebox.com. Thank you for for that. Uh, Coming up again this weekend, we got those two big games, and then finally, after... Uh, a lot of home games in a row. Uh, the guys do get to get away for a little bit and get back on that bus. And you guys got a bit of a road trip coming. Three games and three nights through Alberta, which is kind of nice for the new guys because not only do you get a road trip to bond with your new teammates, that's a really critical part of the road trips in junior hockey, but also in particular for Nick Johnson, as he mentioned, you know, we're going back through Calgary, which he hasn't been to very often in his Western League career. He'll have some friends and family in the stands that night, I'm sure. So uh, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Weekly Harvest Podcast. Uh, Anything to add? 
Nope, just that on Saturday against the Hurricanes, playoff-style game, Sunday against the Tigers, one of the top teams in the league, would love to see West Tobo Place packed to the gills. Appreciate you tuning on in to this week's edition. Until next week, he's Rob Mann. I'm Chris Falco. Have a good one. Cheers.